This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. Um, Evan, let me... um uh, let me just pursue this just a little bit more, and sure. then I want to give you a chance to talk about your uh, personal history um, at Goldman Sachs that you said you wanted to talk about. Yeah. But can can you just help me out on uh, on the Fed? We have uh, we have digitally printed um, trillions of dollars. The Fed has a white paper out that says if there's another big recession. Um, they don't know what to do because all their levers are gone. Right. Uh, and they could, they, they feel that they would have to print at least $4 trillion in cash or digitize another $4 trillion. How do you suck all that money back without collapsing the system? Well, first of all, I think that we, we've got to build an economic system on uh, on reality. Let's start there. You know, we've been doing a lot of quantitative quantitative easing that I think has tried to push off reality for a long time. We need to make start making just better decisions that allow our economy to thrive. And I'll talk about that. And, and uh, we need to reform entitlements so that we don't have such a large debt and therefore have to pay so much interest and tax so much. Um, but one of the things that you know that we need to do to have an economy that that's based on a firm foundation is to get rid of crony capitalism. And I know that's become sort of a buzzword, but I want to tell you when I was working on the Hill as the chief policy director for the House Republicans, you know, just a, a few months ago actually, uh, somebody came to me and they said, "Look, we, you know, he was a lobbyist for a big industry. We'd like you to, uh, you know, here's a bill that we've drafted. We'd like you to advance this." I read the bill; it was five pages. And, uh, and I realized he was asking for regulation of his own industry. And I said to him, why would you want me to advance this? And I couldn't understand it. And he had some reason, well, it'll protect the reputation of our industry, that sort of thing. And I was sort of puzzled. He had about a dozen Republican members signed on to the draft bill. I went home that night, and I kept thinking about it. And then I realized what was going on. What he wanted to do is he wanted that law to be passed to regulate his industry because he knew that his clients, these big, big companies in that industry, could absorb the regulation and be just fine, but that smaller players in the industry, their, you know, their competitors, people who are innovating and disrupting yep. these established companies, would not be able to handle the reg- regulation. They were trying mm-hmm. to kill their competition. This is why we've got this economy that isn't real. It's, you know, it's propped up in different ways, and it's, it's not based on competition and innovation anymore. And we've got to end that. We've got to have the Republican Party's lost its way by siding only with Big corporate, you know, big corporations, not not with not with the, the goal of promoting an open economy in which there's competition and innovation. Uh, we found we find ourselves in a terrible monetary situation. They don't have very many levers left, but they shouldn't have been using those levers, at least not to the degree they did in the first place. Amen. Um, okay, so tell me your personal story on Goldman Sachs. Well, I just want to make the point that look, like I worked, I've worked very hard for everything I, I have in life. I spent a couple of years at Goldman Sachs. I, I did that after I left, after I completed my service at the agency and left uh, business school after I earned an MBA. I went there because I knew I would learn a lot, a lot about the economy and about how businesses thrive or don't thrive, and I did. I learned that, but. 
I just want people to understand that, you know, I, I grew up in a lower middle class family where we worked very, very hard. My parents worked three jobs. You know, in the summertime, we used to gather wood chips at a place that made pallets so that we could heat the house. Uh, otherwise, we didn't, we couldn't afford to turn on the electric heat, so we wore coats around the house. Uh, you know, I mean, that's that's what I grew up. You know, I used to overhear my parents talking about how we weren't going to be able to make the mortgage and we might lose the house. I mean, that's tough medicine for a kid. And if there's anything that's had an impact on me and has helped me understand sort of the struggles of a lot of Americans across this country, it's that, not, not two years at Goldman Sachs. So, uh, Evan, um, I want to switch gears to the last piece on your resume is that you were policymaker for the House. Um, and, you know, for uh, many, many years, that would have been a good thing. But uh, in the last few years, that's not necessarily something to herald. Um, you know, you the House and the Senate have more the Senate than the House, but have totally lost their way. Um, and uh, they don't represent the people anymore. They say they get there and they're going to change the world. And then they just sell out like everybody else. Yeah. What sets you apart from the, you know, the uh, Mitch McConnell's and quite honestly, the Orrin Hatches of the world in the Senate that uh, are part of the system that I have no desire or even see the problems that the average American sees. Well, look, it's a good point, Glenn, but I, I just want to point out that I think it should be clear to everybody based on the fact that I decided to leave there and do what I'm doing now that I am not one of them. So I, I would have been very easy for me to just stay in place and, and you know, enjoy life, as it were, but, but I did not do that. I, just, I chose a different path. And while I was there, you know, I, I fought for reforming unauthorized spending. Over $300 billion a year uh, in our discretionary spending goes unauthorized by Congress. That's just Congress not doing its job. Then we have entitlements that are two, over two-thirds of the budget right now. They're on autopilot. Congress, it, it has power of the purse, but it does not review these uh, these programs really ever. It just once in a blue moon. It should be done, uh, if not every year, on some regular basis. And it just doesn't happen, and that's why we've got a massive. It's a big reason why we've got such a massive, uh, a massive uh, national debt. So when I was there, I'll tell you what I fought for. I fought for, you know, I, you know, I, I drafted a bill called uh, the USA Act, the Unauthorized Spending Accountability Act. Uh, we were working on a similar effort for mandatory spending. That's entitlements. Um, I fought for reforming the VA. The VA is a socialized health care system that's leaving our veterans out to die when they need health care. They're literally dying, some of them, waiting for health care. I mean, this, these are the kinds of things I do. And I fought for a stronger national security policy along the lines that I described earlier, which is not, you know, which is a middle ground where we lead but with less blood and treasure. These are the things that I fought for while I was there. And when Donald Trump started to rise in the polls and through the primaries, I stood up again and told leaders in the House that they should not support him. And in fact, I invited some of them to run against Trump. And they wouldn't do it, and I saw how they got on board one by one, and ultimately I decided that I needed to step up because they wouldn't. So that's who I am. That's what I did while I was there. Can I go back to um, Syria a bit? Because today is the day that we are supposed to decide, the president is supposed to decide what we do in Syria. Would you, would you recommend a, a no-fly zone in northern Syria or the use of, of man pads um, by the rebels in Aleppo? 
Um, well, I, I would. Uh, I do support preventing Assad from being able to carry out airstrikes against civilians. There are a number of ways you can do it. You can do it with a no-fly zone or an air exclusion zone. Um, you, you can also do it with. Uh, you could just crater the runways of, of Syria's uh, uh, air force and destroy a couple helicopters, and then you, you'd have done it. You wouldn't need it. It'd be a de facto no-fly zone. There are just so many ways you can get it done on the cheap or you know more thoroughly. Uh, but yes, I think we should. Why do I think we need to do that? We need to do that to uh, take some pressure off the refugee crisis. We need to do that so that our allies on the ground can uh, more effectively push back against the Iranians, Hezbollah, uh, and Assad, who are all fighting there and, and slaughtering innocent civilians. We need to change the dynamic on the battlefield there so that we can negotiate Bashar al-Assad's well, what departure. I, what I, but what I'm really asking you is... is um you know, if we give Stinger missiles, uh, man pads to the, the rebels, um, you know, doesn't that draw us into the conflict when Russia starts losing airplanes? If we, um, you know, if we call a no-fly zone, uh, we have to defend it. And doesn't that also draw us into a conflict with Russia? Well, Glenn, on, no, on man pads or Stinger missiles, I've, I've been very cautious about that. I haven't called for that. Uh, because uh, it, it just gets complicated and dangerous for a, a lot of reasons. You, you know, if you can't control them, it's, it's just yeah. very dangerous. But we do have special forces operating in Syria, and I think they ought to have them, and I think they ought to use them, frankly. And, uh, but there are other ways to prevent Assad's air force from uh, attacking civilian targets. On the Russians, you know, Glenn, so many people in America have accepted this idea that Russia is this massive force that it just isn't anymore. Yes, they do have nuclear weapons, but in conventional terms, they do not have the ability. If we, if we simply told them, and I, I don't mean to say it's simple, but if we, if we had a leader, a strong leader, who communicated to the world that we weren't going to tolerate this kind of thing, that's half the battle. And if we projected uh, power in, in Russia uh, and, and, and conveyed to the Russians that we were no longer going to accept these attacks on civilians, because they're doing them too, um, I believe that, that that alone would have an effect. I think another thing we need to do is we need to paint the entire country with radar so that we can track every time a Russian and a Syrian uh, aircraft, either fixed wing or rotary, attack civilians. And we need to compile a list to hold all of those people accountable for slaughtering innocent civilians, Russia and one Syria. La one last question, because um, I haven't talked to you about either candidate, but um, Trump is embroiled in... Uh, what was was clearly obvious uh, to some of us a year ago, um, uh, you know, this kind of scandal that Bill Clinton uh, went through. Um, there are many even religious people that are defending this, even though they were saying character matters back in the 90s. Where do you stand on this? On whether character matters? Yeah, on the on the on the the Trump scandal. When you when you see this, where do you stand on? He's still drawing crowds of fifteen, twenty thousand. Yeah, well, well, look, I'm disappointed by that, but you know that that's perhaps where our country is today. You know, I don't draw that many. I'm drawing a lot more as I go. It's been really incredible. Um, but look, those of us who understand why Donald Trump um, does not represent what's good in the world, to put it very politely and mildly. Um, those of us who understand this truth need to stand up, and others will follow. And, and I, I believe those who are standing with me, they, they recognize the evil where it is, and they oppose it. 
and we are outnumbered, but I've been outnumbered any I've been outnumbered before and I'll be outnumbered any day of the week with the people who are standing with me against Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton. Okay, we so- are in a leadership crisis right now because we have uh because we've disengaged as Americans from the political process too much and we've allowed the parties the two major parties to tell us that we've got to choose between their terrible choice options that they give us. We've got to stand up. We've got to engage more. We need a new era of civic engagement. We need to rededicate ourselves to the principles that I've outlined in the document, Principles for New American Leadership, which can be found on my website. Um, But it's on us. We cannot depend on our leaders anymore. It is on us to drive change. It is on us to hold our leaders accountable accountable for their policies and their character. Donald Trump is, is not a force for good. He is destroying our country, even as a candidate, and he must be opposed, and the same is true for Hillary Clinton. Evan, thank you very much. If people want to get involved real quick, where's, where do they go? EvanMcMullen.com. Please sign up as a volunteer. Please contribute. We need all the support we can get. We're, having amazing, we've, we're getting amazing traction and making amazing progress, but we need help. EvanMcMullen.com. Thank you so much. Thank you. Glenn Beck. The Blaze Radio Network. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply.